1: Here's Wiggy, Gresh, and Keith on WEEI.
2: Hour two of WEEI's Football Sunday. We go to the Harbor One Hotline to welcome in our friend. Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. He's brought to us by Dr. Matthew a Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight, holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180. And by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy, good morning. What's up, Andrew? How are you? How you doing, fellas? Good, good. We're uh, we're okay. It feels like this is, in a way, Detroit two in terms of the Patriots' offensive game plan. Number one, are you expecting anything surprise at quarterback? Meaning Mac Jones being out there today, and is it run it with Ramondre? Throw it twenty times. Try to get a lead. Pack it in. See you
3: later. I just spoke to Phil Perry, and there is no Mac Jones on the field. Bailey Zappi is on the field. Phil, of course, is in Cleveland right now. We have our studio show beginning at at noontime. But so with no Mac on the field to take part in any pregame at all, I'm presuming that he won't be dressed even and not taking part in any pregame workout. So yeah, you're going to be with Zappi, and you know I heard your discussion in the past hour and all the elements of it, and the fact that the Patriots need to be a front-running team is very obvious. Can they be a front-running team and take advantage of the Browns the way other teams have? I mean, they are so fortunate, the Patriots are, to have the Packers, the Lions, and the Browns back-to-back-to-back in this situation, because all of them suck against the run. But can the Cleveland offense make any hay at all so that the Patriots are in a situation where they have to be be coming from behind. That's really the factor that that plays into the game plan. Because, yeah, it's just, you know, lather, rinse, repeat from what they did last week unless they get behind.
4: I know it's very much a guessing game, Tom, but just the way they've sort of handled Mac Jones over the last three weeks, doesn't that kind of point to he probably should play next Monday night, right? Like if he goes from out to doubtful to questionable, he's traveling with the team, he's been practicing, or quote-unquote practicing for two straight weeks, all this day-by-day talk, is it trending would your expectation be maybe he does play next week?
3: Yeah. I would I would put it this way, with the arc of his recovery so far and the amount of times that he's been out of practice but not taking part in practice, what we need to see is a a full participation from him at some point. Mm-hmm. Or right. a game time, you know, appearance where he's out here working out in the same way Damian Harris is right now. So Yeah, I I think the trajectory would be especially with the extra day in between that he would be out there, you know, next week, next Monday against the Jets. But the whole thing is, what can he do, how limited is he, and are you able to more than just stay afloat with Bailey Zappi? That'll be a test today. Can they, if they fall behind, be a little bit more adventurous? If they get into third and five as opposed to third and three and they're not successful on first down with Ramondre Stevenson, can he manage the offense in a way that is a little bit more explosive and dynamic instead of just okay, check down, check down, check down.
5: Now, uh Tom, when you look at today's game, if if Zappy's able to go out there and have a clean game, you know, seventeen of twenty one, similar to what he had last uh last week, you know, maybe one touchdown, zero interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then if we're all kind of on the page that, all right, Mac might start next week, what's the leash look like for Mac? Or is that it? Is, is this it? Once we see Zappy, even if he's playing a clean kind of schedule, is that it? Are we now back to seeing Mac? Because they look at this team as being a defense, run the football. Neither quarterback is going to be asked to do much.
3: And that's what's really fascinating about how they played. You know, Trent Brown said after the game to, to Phil Berry, look, this is an identity is taking shape. And if that identity does not dovetail with the identity that they hoped that they would be in the summertime, in the early games where they were pressing it down the field and leading the league in the average depth of target with Matt Jones and asking him to throw some 50-50 balls and take shots, if Matt Jones comes back, and the offense looks a little bit more conservative, well, then you have your answer. They said, okay, we tried it that way, and it doesn't work. But if they go in against the Jets, the Colts, um, the Bears, I mean, the Bears game will be an interesting one to watch. They should be able to play from ahead in that game as well. Um, but if they revert to an offense that's a little bit more conservative because they realize that's our true identity, I wonder if people are going to look at that as an indictment of Mac or an indictment of their early approach. Or a celebration of, hey, we had it right when we switched it back with Bailey, and now we're doing the right way. It is interesting how Matt Patricia can kind of approach this deal.
2: Why are the Patriots struggling in the red area? Is it play calling? Is it uh, philosophy? Well, you know, Hunter Henry was a factor last year. This mm-hmm. year, nothing in the red area. What do you make of the red or the red zone issues in terms of scoring touchdowns?
3: I think it's a lot of communication. For instance, look at the Devontae Parker pick um, against Baltimore. Didn't have the right read, and the pick that Mac threw was a disaster. As you could see that play beginning to unfold in the pre-snaps, Devontae Parker was confused. Mac still went to him. Probably not a great idea to do that, given the confusion that Devontae Parker was registering. But I think communication's a big part of it. Um, If you look back at last year, too, they were a disaster in the red zone for the first five games. Awful. Uh, Nick Folk had 14 field goals in the first five games of the year. They were just pounding through field goals, but they started to figure it out. But you're right. Can they figure it out in a similar way this year? And that's what I think is so fascinating about comparing this year to last year in some ways, because they're two and three. This was the week that they played the Dallas Cowboys and Mac went out and had a very efficient, productive game. He had obviously that pick six, but he also threw a 70 yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. And after that, the Patriots, just absolutely exploded offensively. Can this team, which I think is more talented offensively than that one, when Mac comes back, start to duplicate some of those explosive efforts?
4: Who do you think has more rushing yards today, Ramondre Stevenson or Nick Chubb?
3: Chubb. I, and, and the reason is, I think if, if you're the Cleveland Browns and you're at home and you get stampeded on in the running game by Ramondre Stevenson with Bailey's Zappi under center, then you truly are a disaster because <laughs> you have to, you have to say he's not going to beat us. Make Ollie from Hoosiers beat us. Mm-hmm. Can he do it? If, if Ramondre Stevenson goes for 125 plus yards, you failed.
4: Do you guys agree with that? I mean, make, uh, yeah, but that? I also I also still think it's a possibility. Like I I still I oh, think yeah. I think both can go off for big games. I mean, just based on the first 5 games, Cleveland has not been able to stop the run and the Patriots when facing a good run team have have struggled to stop the run. So I I think both could be in line for a big day. I think it could both be close. I think they're both going to go for over 100, but uh yeah, I mean, if you're the Browns,
2: that is the one guy to take away, without a doubt. Well, Tommy, just quickly, isn't this really the kind of running back and running game that this defense is built for? Like, I've heard that Devon Godshaw is one of the best interior defensive linemen <laughs> in the league. At least that's what we heard in August anyway. But, like, stop... You know, the run, the Lamar Jackson run game is very unique, tough to get ready for. Patriots had issues. I wonder if a more in-between the tackles or a north-south runner might be uh, sort of in their wheelhouse in terms of not stopping him. Again, it's Nick Chubb, and that, that run game is really good, but at least maybe they're better equipped to possibly slow it down because it isn't as varied as throwing the quarterback into the mix in the run game.
3: Well, you're right, but are they, given the pivot that they've made with their personnel? Hmm. You know, they've got smaller linebackers. They're asking Adrian Phillips and Kyle Duggar, as they often have, to play up at the second level more. But I think it's interesting because, you know, if you get Nick Chubb one-on-one with, you know, any number of secondary players who are trying to play in the box, they might get steamrolled the mm-hmm. same way Ramondre Stevenson would do so. Or even Sony Michelle on Mark Barron. I look at that as the shining example of here's the problem you can have, that 2018 Super Bowl, when you try and go diverse defensively and get steamrolled by a team. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Juwan Bentley and Jelani Savai out there on the field too, which to me would lead to, okay, Well, if they have those guys out there, we're going to try and win our matchup with those guys covering David Njoku or somebody at the second level that they might not be able to keep up with, a chub out of the backfield or something like that. So I I look forward to every one of these games in a way that we didn't during the Brady era because there is so much uncertainty in, in a way. I mean, it's not as fun to not say, okay, where are they in the conference? Are they in the number one seed? Are they going to go to the Super Bowl? But the games are so much more intriguing. Uh, yeah,
4: there's no doubt. I mean, every right. game matters more. You don't know because before you're like, even if you lost a game like this one, you're like, oh, well, so what are they going to be twelve and four instead of thirteen and three? Like that was kind <laughs> of the reality, and it was like trying to hype up each game, knowing that there was going to be playoffs. Like now, there's no knowing that there's going to be playoffs. You have no idea. That
5: twelve and
2: four yeah.
5: sucks. four. Oh, what the hell happened
2: there? They lost
5: <laughs> a- uh, no, no, Tom, I was just going to say, w- which coach smartens up, right? Because when you mm-hmm. look at both of these teams, it's simple. Put eight, nine guys in the box and make the quarterbacks beat us. The last time yep. the Patriots faced Nick Chubb, he went for buck sixty in 2019, right? So you would think that Bill would, would learn his lesson and say, okay, we're not going to allow – I know you were able to win that game. That was the Baker-Mayfield game. But I think you start to say, okay – we're going to put guys in the box, and either Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Brissett, or Zappi's going to have to beat us. Which team do you expect to make that adjustment and say, that running back is not going to beat us on the ground, and they're going to have to beat us throwing the football?
3: I, I would say, to me, obviously, we know that Bill and Steve Belichick and Gerard Mayo, and isn't it fascinating to listen to some of these games, and they don't even mention any of the defensive coaching staff. It's Belichick, Belichick, mm-hmm. Belichick. But I, I think that it's on those guys to, you know, be diverse and actually be in somewhat, have some trepidation about the fourth year or whatever he is by now, fifth or sixth year, actually, quarterback in Jacoby Brissett being able to do some more explosive and dynamic things than Bailey Zappy is. So it's, it's easier for Cleveland to say, everybody in the box, everybody in the pool, go ahead, Bailey, try and have a day. And we'll get the ball back, and then we'll be able to do more things with our offense than you can with yours because we have a six-year veteran. Because for all that Bailey Zappi's done, and it's been terrific relative to our expectations for him, he's still not a better quarterback than Jacoby Percet. Tommy, what happens today? And as a result of that, (laughs) it will be a narrow Cleveland Browns win. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think the Browns, I mean, if the Browns are, as you spoke about at the beginning of the show, a team that should be four and one, and a team that took a lead into the fourth quarter of every single one of their games, and is still two and three, I think they're they really got to do some long self reflection if they can't beat <laughs> Bailey Zappi and the Patriots at home.
2: So I'm, I'm taking Cleveland in this one. All right, Tommy Kern Fair of NBC enough. Sports All Boston. Right. You can hear him on Tuesday at noon with Gresham Keefe and on Thursdays at 4.30 with Marloney Fourier, and Mego, And, of course, with us here on WEI Football Sunday. Tom, thank you, friend. Have a good day. All right. Enjoy. See ya. There Tom. goes uh, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston. He's brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti by Awaken 180 Weight Loss, and by Unified Office. So, an update, because when we started uh, 13 minutes ago with Tom Curran, he mentioned he had just uh, talked to Phil Perry and no Mac Jones. Well, Mac Jones walked out onto the field about two minutes into our interview with Curran, hmm. and as the Patriot players were warming up, Mac was going through no warm-up, no stretching, no throwing, no tape on the ankle. When he he's a, he changed into the old, you know, red shirt, blue shorts, walking onto the field, there's still a little bit of a noticeable limp from Mac Jones, mm-hmm. but uh, coming to, you know, basically Mac threw some balls with Zappy, just standing stationary, and then he was walking decision. off. No, he's, like, he is not a game-time decision. He'll put, definitely be on that list in a few minutes, uh, at least according to the uh, reporters out there in Cleveland. By the way, this portion of uh, WEI Football Sunday, also brought to you by Cars for Kids, the easy way to donate your car. Donate today, and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Go to carsforkids.com or one eight seven seven cars for Kids. How will the Patriots' defense slow down Nick Chubb in the running game? And is there anybody else we need to be worried about on that Cleveland offense? Inactives at eleven thirty as well. So you get some fantasy football answers, all that around the way. Right now, here's Ethan ready to trend.
0: Gresh and Keith, weekdays ten to two.
4: Now here's what's trending
1: on Weei. Trending now brought to you by the VA New England Healthcare System. Are you a veteran? VA New England Healthcare provides state of the art healthcare benefits to those who served our country. Call 844 VA Cares and learn more about the benefits you earned and deserve. Call 844 VA Cares. Week six of the NFL is here as the Patriots and Browns get set to take things off in Cleveland at 1 p.m. Browns currently sitting at minus two favorites with the over under sitting at 43. And the big trade rumor going around the NFL right now from Ian Rappaport reporting that the Panthers are at least fielding phone calls for running back Christian McCaffrey. So he could potentially be moving before the trade deadline in week eight college football world, number six, Tennessee beating number three, Alabama in a crazy 52 to 49 contest where the crowd stormed the field and ran off with the goalpost following the win. It was a pretty awesome site if you haven't checked that out. And then in the Boston area for college football, the UMass Minutemen taking a tough 34-7 loss to the Buffalo Bulls, continuing to lose in that losing streak they're currently on. And then the Bruins managing to beat the Arizona Coyotes 6-3 last night, advancing to 2-0 to start the season. A.J. Greer having a pair of goals himself late in the third period to allow the Bruins to run away with that victory. I'm Ethan Hrissadulu, and that's what's trending here at WEI and
2: WEI.com. How will the Patriots' defense deal with the Browns and inactives in about eh, 13 minutes. That's all next on WEEI Football Sunday.
6: Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west.
2: Inactives for the Patriots game will be out in... uh... I would say ten minutes from now because the Patriots, yeah, they never hit eleven thirty. Little
4: buffer. We already know Jonathan Jones, Nelson Aguilar, Josh Uche. So we really only add what another three or four names to the list. Well, we'll put Mac Jones on there because he didn't do anything. Probably they showed
2: Damian Harris trying to do some stuff warming up, and like it looked like he was lightly running. It didn't look like there was a lot of full speed burst there. But we've also got a Patriots defense that has. A, a different kind of challenge today. So in week one, it was more the speed of the Dolphins and a little bit of the unfamiliarity just in terms of new head coach with Mike McDaniel. What's he going to do with those guys? All right, that was your week one challenge dealing with speed. You know, last week it was, well, you got this high-flying Detroit offense that comes in. They don't have DeAndre Swift you dealt with the running game of Baltimore, which is as different and as varied as anybody's in the NFL, and now you get Cleveland with much more of the traditional, here's your between-the-tackle hammerhead, who's just going to run you over, but if you give him a crease, he can beat you with speed, so slowing down Nick Chubb begins where, Wiggy? Uh...
5: Uh, That would be adding extra guys in the box, personally. I I think this is one of these games where you go, all right, we're going to put eight in the box. We're going to make sure that when you look, you're going to say, all right, Jacoby Brissett, you got to throw the football in this game. on you. you. Jacoby Brissett was Amari Cooper. Whoever else that they have, that's about it. Ejoku, yeah, you're gonna have to beat us that way because we're not gonna allow Nick Chubb. Because the last time they faced Nick Chubb was 2019, he had a buck sixty something on the ground. Where
2: where does the extra guy come from? Is it another linebacker? Is it a fourth D tackle? Is it you know Kyle Duggar playing up more? I I would say
5: that you you I would say that you would uh, you know you would keep your you know the linebackers you have, and then you'd walk down that safety. Whether it's Kyle Duggar, Adrian Phillips, you you had that extra guy in the box, so at least they're a free runner, and now you just have to make the tackle on Nick Chubb when you have him dead to rights. But I wouldn't be sitting back there with two high safeties.
4: Uh, No, I don't think you need to, right? like To your your point, I don't think you need to, and you can trust your corners enough because it's really just Cooper, I think, that's going to hurt you there. Uh, uh, This is a huge test for the Patriots' defense because as much as I have confidence in them shutting down bad quarterbacks, the running game has been something that killed them. Against Green Bay, that running game was all over them even more than Aaron Rodgers was. They ran for 200 yards, and then obviously what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens do, like you pointed out, is different than everybody else, but... Two of their better games against the run, Miami and Pittsburgh, those are two of the worst run offenses in the league to this point in the year. So uh, this one is on the other end of that. So not that you're going to hold the Browns to under 100 rushing yards, right? Because that would be half of what they normally put up. Mm -hmm. But it's a big test because can they stop the run when they know the other team is going to run and wants to run? Mm Mm-hmm like that that remains to be seen. I don't I don't know if they can do that cuz last year when they faced Cleveland there was no Nick Chubb, there was right. no Kareem Hunt. Right. Right, right. So it was a completely different story. Now both of those guys are playing. Right. Uh so yeah, this is a this is a huge test. but,
5: but when you bring up Baltimore and Green Bay, right, how much of it is like okay, they ran the ball on us, but we were able to limit or at least Green Bay in the first half. Limit what they do. First pass, half they were
2: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. passing yep. the football, right? Almost it's, inviting them to run in a way. Yeah. You beat us by a thousand paper. Slowed a death by a thousand paper right. cuts versus Aaron Rodgers right. throwing four touchdowns. Now on this you.
5: this is the game where you just go opposite and you go okay. We're inviting you to throw the football. We're not going to have Nick Chubb just spring one for sixty and completely flip field and. You know, maybe it is a a, a big touchdown, but we're not going to give you that
2: ability. We're going to say yeah. you're putting it in Jacoby Brissett's hands. What's really interesting about the Patriots' defensive numbers is you look at the net yards rushing allowed per game, and then you look at the average yards per rush, and it, and it it kind of doesn't correlate, right? So against Miami, allowed 65 yards rushing. 2.8 yards per carry, did the Patriots' defense. Pretty good. The next week against Pittsburgh, allowed 91 yards rushing on 22 carries, 4.1 yards per carry. Against Baltimore, 26 rushes, 188 yards, 7.2 yeah. yards oh, yeah. per yeah. carry. That's Too not much. good. That's, against, <laughs> that's not good enough. Now, Green Bay to get the 200, it was 35 carries for 199 5.7 yards per carry. And then last week, That's a lot. they had 27 carries, allowed 101 yards, 3.7 yards per carry. No. That's good. So it's a little bit of this and a little bit mm-hmm. of that. And, you know, which of, of this or that ends up showing up. And I, I think Tom Kern made a good point, too, in terms of Jawan, uh, Jawan Bentley, Jelani Tavai. But, again, isn't this why you uh, you didn't break the bank for him, but still... Bill Belichick stood in front of a camera and said, well, Devon Godchow is one of the best interior oh. defensive tackles in the league. These are the
4: kind of games that you show it, right? Because Godchow's never going to have the wild stats, right? Never. So that's what was confusing to me last year. He said that about Godchow, and he said, all right, didn't barely register any kind of sacks mm-hmm. or QB hurries, and the team was not good against the run. So what exactly, like, where are you showing up? Like, those years where... Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, and Ty Warren were playing with the Pats. Oh, yeah. They might not have had big numbers, but the defenses were so good. You are like, right. oh, Well, that's sort of the the that's the anchor of the defense right there. I don't really see that with this Patriots team now. If they hold Nick Chubb and the Browns' running game down, well, then you do start to change everybody's opinion of you because this is as good of a running attack as there is.
5: Yeah, and that's 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 the thing when you look at this game. If you are able to hold Nick Chubb to, you know, eighty-eight yards on. 25
2: carries. 88
4: and no touchdowns. Hell, yeah, if you a hell hold a him day. to
2: 120 carries, <laughs> yeah. I'd be I'll happy. Well, uh, do you got to worry about Kareem Hunt as well? Yeah,
4: I do. I do, And, and like, with big plays with him, too. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy that you think you have everything snuffed out, and then he catches a little flip pass and goes for 25, 30 yards. Like, I think that's where he But it's about you.
5: the philosophy of what you're going in there defensively to do. If you're saying we are inviting the pass because whether it's Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. We have eight guys in the box. We're basically saying, "Hey, we're manning up on the edge, and we're we're not giving you that ability." They beg him to throw it. We got big linebackers in there. We taking Mac Wilson out of the game. We might bring down a safety just to to make him the fourth linebacker mm-hmm. that we're putting in the box. But you're not running the football on us. You're gonna have to throw. We are inviting you to do that. And so if they take that approach. It's just going to be hot for Nick Chubb because there's not going to be a lot of space. And then you you guys bring up the D, ta- D lineman. If they are now eating up double teams and giving him very little space to get through holes, you've done a good job. Inactives are out. Oh, like you're, uh, you're inactives. Inactive. What do we got? So we already know Nelson
4: Aguilar, Jonathan Jones, and Josh Uche, as well as Lawrence Guy. Mm-hmm. Damn. Uh, unfortunately, that's a big one for the, no the run question. defense. Joshua Bledsoe and
2: Damian Harris.
4: Mac Jones. All right. All right. So officially no Mac Jones, Damien Harris, which is kind of as expected, but and they didn't get ruled out until just now.
2: And you mentioned uh the running back that they just brought up, Kevin Harris, he's out too. So Kev- no, 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 Damien Harris. Sorry, is out. sorry, I'm sorry. I saying so Kevin Harris
4: and Pierre Strong would be up along with there Ramondre go. Stevenson. Right. Uh Little Jordan Humphrey is, is up in. and he's playing. Uh,
2: Tyquan Thornton is in. Right. So Thornton again. Yes. without yeah, yeah, Nelson yeah. Aguilar, is there playing time for him? Yeah, I or think so. does that go? There to was last Bourne. week. You
4: know, yeah. the, and, and cause Aguilar got hurt, but I also kind of feel yeah, like he right. also just lost his job, all kind of wrapped up into one. So at least this way it doesn't look like he's a healthy scratch at nine million a year or eleven right. million a year, whatever it is. So he's out. So that is more Thornton. So they basically have four receivers that I think are going to. Myers will be out there the most, so that's good that he's playing once again. Parker. Parker, Bourne, and Taekwon
5: Thornton. Right, and then it'll be Thornton and Bourne kind of, yep. you know, mixing it up. But if you're like on the other side, if you're a Cleveland, you aren't you basically saying, okay, we're putting it in the hands of Zappi? I, so, so yeah, I think this game plans are similar. Right. right? Like yeah.
4: What Cleveland wants to do and what uh, the Patriots want to do should be about
5: the same. And, and and when does when does Matt Patricia go, okay, all right, we're not going to keep he- beating our head against the brick wall because yeah, right. they got too many guys in the box for us to block uh-huh. because they know that, all right, they want to take away Ramondre Stevenson. So I know if you're in New England, all right, you're going to come out looking to run the football. I mean, we had that exercise last year. Remember, we went through the, the their first play. was Oh, run the Harris? Yeah, run the Harris to <laughs> the right side and run to Harris. Right. Yeah. So what? let's see what they come out try to do in this game. Yeah. I think obviously they're going to come out and try to run the football. Mm-hmm. But what does Cleveland now do on the defensive side of the football? They say, uh-uh. Eight guys, nine guys in the box for a snap of the game. If you know when the Patriots line up on offense, both
4: defenses need to beg the other quarterback to beat them. That's what you have to do. Well,
2: it's interesting because you mentioned David Njoku, and you look at the numbers for Cleveland throwing the ball, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not great. You know, Amari Cooper's having a nice year. He's had a couple games where he's really kind of jumped out, but. Yeah, he had the fun. one, two touchdown game, yeah. and the, he's got three on the year: twenty-seven receptions, three hundred four yards. I think he's gotten two hundred yards in two of the games, so then oh, the other okay. three games have sort of been
4: spread out. And a then bit, uh, yeah. David
2: and Joku has twenty-four catches for two eighty-nine and a score. And then it's Donovan Peoples Jones, and then that's really it. There right. is so for New England uh, Wiggs, I wonder defensively if this is going to be one of the games where they welcome playing man-to-man. And that normally this team has been predominantly zone based. Right. Uh but in this game, if you're gonna if you really are gonna try to sell out with, as you said, Wiggs, eight in the box, bring the extra defender down, mm-hmm. uh, and they decide to however they go about doing that with an extra lineman or whatever. Uh, we might finally see true man-to-man coverage today possible. from this team. No, yeah,
5: and I would start like that. I mean, I would start early, and if they're getting the best of us in man-to-man coverage, then I would say, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll still put eight in the
2: box, but now we're going to play zone behind it. Is that why John Jones isn't as big a loss today as it might be against other teams? Because you've only really got one wide receiver to speak of and a tight end that's mm-hmm. a nice player, but not a great player. Yeah. yeah.
4: Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not playing this great
5: passing attack.
4: When you, you know, like in this case, Lawrence Guy is probably the bigger loss
5: than Jonathan Jones today. That's a good point. Yeah. I could buy that. And when you look at this passing attack, wouldn't you say that? Just based off skilled players, that last week's passing attack against Detroit, the Detroit's more skilled than Cleveland?
4: Yes. Now, yeah, Armand Ross St. Brown was passer. coming off an injury. He looked like he might have been still kind of banged up a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, Hawkinson's, uh, Hawkinson's is, better than Njoku. Goff's better than Brissette. Right. So, yeah, that, in that sense.
5: So, better. so I think that's the approach you're, you should and be. And
4: this line's probably better, too. The Cleveland. Oh, line. this yeah. offensive line
2: yeah. is might be one of the two or three yeah. best that the Patriots will see all year. At guard, they're elite. Yeah, but at that's the at running spot. the football, right? right. So it's yeah. almost like well, but that also keeps the middle of the pocket clean. And and to me, with the inexperienced quarterbacks or the hmm. guys that are the proven backups like a Brissette, that middle pressure really matters. And they're they're pretty stout in the middle. Well, that's why
5: today's going to be like such a it's going to be such a chess mask game plan wise, right? Because hmm. you could still put eight guys in the bar and play zone behind it right you don't have to necessarily play man right but you could still you could still for the for the the uh, appearance for the offense it looks like all right well i don't know where we're going to find running lanes but you could still play some type of zone behind it you might just be doing it with linebackers on the field rather than the, the underneath coverage would mm-hmm. be linebackers mm-hmm. um and that's what i would do and then you got to also look at cleveland and okay what what kind of formation or what kind of personnel groups would they like to be heavy in when they run the football? Are they a two-tight end set or are they uh three-wide receiver set where they run the football a lot? Now maybe you have to say, okay, well, we might have to bring in an extra uh, defensive back, which would be like a Jab- uh, Jabril Peppers. Right. And still. A revenge game for Peppers. Oh, that's right. And yeah. Mac
2: Wilson too. Yeah, still, but still right.
5: give the illusion of, okay, there's not much running room, but yeah. we're able to still
2: have, you know, better athletes so on offense the browns have scored 16 touchdowns this year seven of them have been scored by nick chubb and bill belichick noticed way early in flipping on the cleveland tape how good chubb is
7: again as i said they're very well coached Callahan does a tremendous job with the offensive line their fundamentals are good their schemes are good um they create opportunities for the backs uh and then the backs specifically chubb does a lot on his own he's very hard to tackle He's got tremendous contact balance, playing strength, um, good vision, good patience. He really sets up his blocks well. He he gets the most out of every block, and then he's very hard to get on the ground. Um, plays with a good ball security, and as that explosive plays, gets a lot of tough yards, gets a lot of consistent yards. He's, he's really good, and he's got a good group in front of him, and they absolutely know what they're doing. They... They handled defensive challenges as well as anybody, stunts, alignments, blitzes. I mean, they you know, they waxed us pretty good last year, especially early in the game. Um, so, like I said, we got to work it out for us.
2: Uh, Jermaine, when someone like a head coach like Bill Belichick says, he does a lot of it on his own. And mm-hmm. I know then he talked about vision and things like that. What else does that mean? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are like, what do you mean Nick Chubb does a lot of it on his own? He's got to have blocking. I think people can misconstrue that. How do you take that line? Well, I, I think doing it a
5: lot on his own means like, okay, there's no holes there and he's able to make something out of nothing because of his running ability, his style, his his ability to, to – whether that's jump cut, whether that's, you know, be able to see the vision on the backside and maybe, you know, front side there's nothing there, right? Now I'm going to take it backside, whether that's the ability to, you know what, there's not no real hole here, but I'm big enough and strong enough where I can make a hole and I can get through, you know, an arm tackle or even I could break a tackle or two, which allows me to get to the second level. So I think that's what he means when he's able to do some of those things on his own when it comes to running the football.
4: Now, you famously were asked 20 something years ago to pick between Georgia Bulldogs. That's and you right. said Richard Seymour over Marcus Stroud. That is true. And you were right, Hall of Famer. I, I appreciate now, I know, that. I know you didn't play with these guys, mm-hmm. but you follow Georgia more mm-hmm. than anybody else up here. Yep. If were you Nick Chubb's better than Sony Michelle, or are you a Sony Michelle's better than Nick Chubb? Be honest. I was a Sony Michelle's. You better than, yeah okay.
5: but in college he was. They were both incredible.
4: Like they were right. both nasty. I feel like Chubb, from my memory, was a little bit more consistent, but Sony Michelle had the more uh, big play Sony, game breaker. And kind there was of
2: guy. a thought that Michelle could catch it and Chubb couldn't. Sony that was Michelle. really what not yeah. right. Sony Michelle crazy. did more. He yeah. did more. He caught some yeah, of those yeah, screens. Yeah. He caught some of those
5: passes where you go. He looks a little bit it's more It's one of the
4: great duos though, really. Right. Like uh and there's been a lot of good ones. He looks they a little were both bit, super productive.
5: He looks a little bit more versatile and Sony Michel was more of a big play uh player but like six picks later and the careers haven't i mean well, chubb has been i think nasty. i think we were talking about that off air it's like just like some of the great college football players yeah. that can't transition to mm-hmm. the nfl and some of those guys where it's like ah uh, you know maybe they weren't it, not not that nick chubb wasn't a really good college football no, he player. was yeah, yeah and the other thing is that, that nick chubb a lot of some of the stuff that might have factored into remember he had that severe knee injury right so that might have factored into some of the thought process. Well, of, he slid down. Yeah, man, you he know. Is,
4: he has been so good. He just missed 1,000 yards his rookie year by four yards. He ran mm. for 996. But he's already over 5,400 career yards. Yeah, he, and he's just game five of his fifth year. Well, like, he's he's been a
2: beast. Well, I know that Michelle was a first-round pick, but there's also the he went to a team that was that he – I want to say it was a luxury. Like, they needed him, don't get me wrong, but they weren't going to rely on him, if that makes sense. Whereas with Cleveland, it became, well, we need a running back, and guess what? We're going to have to rely on this guy because right. we're just not a very good team right now. There's that element. And Sonny Michelle hasn't been a turd. Like, he's been a functional well, NFL is, player. His first couple
4: years, he was just right. bad. Chubb, oh, yeah. Chubb, Chubb one of the is five just best. media. Yeah. Right. Like, he, he's in he's, that top.
2: Tier but group. he also went to an organization that was like, okay, like if Sonny Michelle had ended up in Cleveland, maybe he would have gotten hurt, but he sure would have gotten a hell of a lot more work early on in his career to set the tone. Yeah, but, but it would have
5: uh, been easier for him. It's easier for him in New England when he has Brady in Brady, it, and, you right. Know, and so now you can't put that many guys in the box. But and- in
2: terms of the court of public opinion, his numbers never would have hit first round worthiness being in New England versus if you're in Cleveland and they're going to hand it to you 250 times, you've at least got a chance to be able to put up those yards
5: right but they also if you're the only player in cleveland then it's easy easy it should be it's right. easy to defend that guy right right yeah. It's oh easy yeah to there's say, definitely
4: a, like, like look at today right everybody's saying just stop nick chubb right like, he's where, the only guy they where got. sony
5: michelle i bet you i bet you if the both of them looking at it coming out of college yeah. going man sony you're gonna have a great chance to put up great numbers because yeah. look at the team you're going to where nick ba- well know, he
4: really needed like in the right situation was when he was effective. When they were playing against bad run defenses mm-hmm. in the playoffs in twenty eighteen and he had a good offensive line, he had a full back, and he had the threat of Tom Brady, I kind of feel like any running back would have been able to do well in that circumstance. Right, you and know, then
5: you, take, then you remove that and then suddenly it's like, oh, you know, you know yeah. what I think you know what I think from watching these two guys in you know in college and in the pros? I think the thing was I don't think Sony Michelle ever ever utilized his skill set or, or maybe not, that's not, not not the right way to say it, but he looked more explosive in college.
4: Yeah, he did. He was way more timid in the. Yes, in yeah, like, yeah. He was able to
2: make guys miss more in college, whereas Nick Chubb can run the contact. He's number two in the NFL in yards right. after contact right yeah. now behind Josh Jacobs. I feel like Sonny but, but never Rich, ran full speed. Rich,
5: you're, you're, that is the best word. Yeah. He ran so timid is. in the pros. Mm-hmm versus maybe in college the players weren't that good, so the holes were giant, but where Nick Chubb doesn't run timid. You see running backs like Oh, yeah, like, no, see, he's mean. You see running back. You know who has that a little bit? Damian Harris runs kind of a little timid. Not that he's scared, but it's just the expo- – Yeah, you're right. Stevenson doesn't. The explos- Stevenson yeah, yeah.
2: finishes runs right. with physicality, whereas well, sometimes Damian Harris doesn't. It's not even that point. It's about how you hit the hole, like the explosiveness –
5: through the hole is just more kind of looking around, tiptoeing, and that's what Sonny Michelle was. And that every now and then you'll see that a little bit with Damian Harris versus it, it's no different than we talked about with Stephen Ridley and Shane Vereen. Like Stephen Ridley would just blow through that hole where he didn't kind of mm-hmm. like – every now and then Between Harris the – Yeah, every now and It's not about really finishing at
2: the end of your run, but it just is like – just hit the hole. Just go, well, go, go. You go. can't finish. You can't finish runs hard if you're running timid. Is my point. Is that no, no, that's I get why? That. That's why you don't see. And it also might be why Damian Harris seems to fit that zone scheme better. Like to close out the Pittsburgh game, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Ramondre. It was Damian Harris, and they kept running that out. That's what to the point of if he's a little timid, then maybe those outside developing plays work for a Damian Harris, whereas Ramondre. He's like the Kool-Aid man. He's gonna run through the wall and just try to, well, to yeah, steamroll people. But but there's still a way
5: where you ever see guys like and I played with guys that they weren't timid, they just ran, but then what ended up happening was they would just run into the back of their alignment at full speed because <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. they didn't no, have vision. They didn't yeah, have that yeah, vision yeah. and patience where you heard uh uh Belichick talk about Stephen Nick, Ridley. <laughs> Nick Chubb being able to set up some of his blockers. So there's a way to I just look at when that, When they're bursting through that hole Mm -hmm. finally you either hit it with speed or you're, and you bring up a good word, you're a little timid. It's not that you're scared, but you're just like mm-hmm. trying to feel it out, whereas a running back, you can't feel it out. You just got to go.
2: Well. Who outside of New England is under the microscope today in the NFL? We had a coaching firing uh, and one that was uh, to be expected. Our other coaches on the spot. How about some players that are uh, under the microscope today as well? We will get to that next on WEI Football Sunday.
4: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
2: And we're coming to you from the Best Yet Brand Studios. I didn't know if there was music coming or not. I had no idea. Let's go, Ethan. Wake yes. up. This computer was giving me problems. Oh no. Computer problems. Well, you Classic. know what? it is the uh it is the perennial excuse that never goes away. Oh the computer Can't froze really on me. It. Can't really question us well, on this end. We have yeah. nothing to say, yeah, probably. Uh, 1150 it's Gresh, it's Keith, it's Wiggy. It is WEEI NFL Sunday. Uh, who are some of the teams and players that are uh, under the microscope today? I know that we mentioned uh, Christian McCaffrey, he could be traded by Carolina. Do you put him in bubble wrap? Do you go play him? Uh, Matt Rule, he was really at the top of everybody's list of coaches to be fired. So now what in Carolina? Anybody got a feeling? No, um, um, they're gonna suck. They're going for the number one pick. Yeah I, th- I think there is some real bail on every player in fantasy that you have in Carolina. Well, like no, DJ Moore. Not necessarily. He's because, supposed to be good, but I wouldn't know it in my team. But again, no, that's true. But again, it, fantasy football is one of those things
4: where the team can be two, three wins. They lose, you know, forty two twenty one, that means they still scored three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they're still gonna put up some points, I would think uh, the McCaffrey one's interesting only in like, are they going to change how they would normally use him Cause they want to make sure he's as healthy as possible in a potential trade. Mm-hmm. I think knowing that they desperately need a high draft pick that the season is already off. They're already off to a one and four start and they fired their coach. It seems like out of all the times there's been rumors about a McCaffrey deal. Now's the most likely. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you still have the, what, three weeks until the trade deadline. Yeah. It's week so, eight, but
2: it's yeah, going to start I'd shut him down. Because he yeah,
5: he here's why I'd shut him down, yeah. right? Because if he's on the field, he gives you a good chance of winning, right? I'm with Wiggs. Yeah. Right? It's you well, it stink. No, anyway. but you serve both
2: masters. No, no, no. no
5: you, you do stink, but, you know, maybe he gives you a better chance to win against the Falcons or something, like one of those games where your goal should be like, we need to stink for either cj stroud or bryce well then
4: you need to hurry up and trade him then and he'll have a little bit more value because you're giving more games to that team that has to figure out what they want to do with his contract and everything else well and
2: now what works for the patriots believe it or not in all this with the panthers is they own their third round pick this year which matt now looks like with the way the panthers are trending top of the third round That's going to be top of the third round how about the opponent for the panthers Rams are two and three. Big, are big they not on that? Like if they lose to the Panthers, today, oh man!
4: Oh my God, it was one of the worst losses of the season. Right, it would be. that'd yeah, be yeah, they, horrible. They, and they're at home. Just to add that on top of it, no, they need to win. And I, don't they kind of need to blow doors in a way? Because if need they barely really win, win, you're still like, ugh. Like it's just they they, they have some uh, issues. Cooper Cup has played well, and nobody else for Jesus. the Rams. <laughs> a- <laughs>
5: the Absolutely. Allen Robinson deal because he got some good money. Yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, that could be the worst offseason signing.
4: It's really surprising how it bad he
5: yeah. Especially from a Sean McVay offense yeah. that, you know, they like to throw the football, they like to do things. Is it is it Allen Robinson or is it just...
2: It can't be the play caller. Him. He's Jesus. He's Jesus with a play sheet. He's been pretty great. Can't be him. So no, but great. seriously, like they're, they're Stafford, so, I
4: guess is hurt. Right? You know that what it is. It?
2: That offensive line. There's been some attrition there, yeah. and they had no. They had no money to spend, and they had no picks to replenish. Yeah, but how does Cooper Cup still go out there week in and week out? Well, it. I mean, even because on even on bad teams, there's still one wide receiver that gets to eat. Like, look at all that. Now again. I'm using an extreme example. However, when you look at how dominant Cooper Cup has been, there were a lot of years the Megatron put up big numbers in Detroit and they stunk. So right, but you would think that would, to me it's really similar
5: with the way the Rams are playing no, right now. No, but you would think Alan Robinson, who was viewed as a a high priced, high ticketed free agent, yeah. no, was you would enough. think that, okay, playing opposite Cooper Cup and Cooper Cup is eating the way he's eaten. You would think Alan Robinson would be doing better. Than what he's doing, right? Just if you're
4: you, playing like just like we've talked about the Patriots all day. They just got to go stop Nick Chubb. If you're playing the Rams, just, just Cup, right. right? Put
2: all your guys on Cooper Cup, like, especially with uh, with Cam Akers out. Yeah. How about uh, the Buccaneers are in Pittsburgh? And mm. look, are they under the microscope in terms of long term? They still got Brady and stuff like that. But you got Brady going to Mr. Kraft's surprise wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got all that? the stuff. I see
5: Belichick there.
2: Uh, I didn't either. Yeah. All the yeah. uh, He's stuff. He's
5: preparing for a game.
2: Got all the uh, stuff swirling around Tampa Bay. They're going into Pittsburgh. I'm yeah. not saying Pittsburgh necessarily going to beat him. But if Tampa goes in there and ping-ding-a-lings around, they, you know, no. Pittsburgh?
5: Pretty bad, like, yeah. Pittsburgh sinks. pretty
2: bad. This is going to be
4: the true test for Tomlin. The whole oh, he's never had a losing record, right? Guess oh, what? he will this he year, for yeah. sure. Will. Yeah, and t- it's just how soon will he clinch that? Right. I mean, they're one and four. They're going to be one and five after today. Oh, their schedule after this, by yeah. the way, is it tough.
2: Bucks, Dolphins at the Eagles, then a bye week, and then they go Saints, Bengals, Colts.
4: Mm. Well, they got Saints and Colts on yeah. there, so those could be could be a couple of wins. I think everybody's looking at. If They lose the next Pittsburgh. three, they're one and seven
2: mm. at the buy. Yeah, in yeah. yeah. Tampa Bay, I chance,
5: Ant, isn't Tampa Bay just basically like all right, who's healthy, who's playing?
4: Yeah, Julio's out.
2: I think again, all right, uh, right, but you got I Chris think... Chris
5: Godwin's playing, yeah, and Mike and Evans and Fournette. so no, they played everybody
2: fine. Fine. close. That's the thing is Who that is at that, some point, no meaning oh, Tampa. Uh, Tampa even the even the bad teams they, they've played, uh, it's been close. There's also a lot of big games in week six. We will get to those coming up in about 25 minutes from now when we take our walk around the NFL. Uh, but coming up next, we are going to play a game with Jermaine Wiggins. How many Browns QBs? Can Wiggy name the list? Holy cow. We almost need a scroll to roll this out. There are so many on this list. We'll have some fun with that. Maybe we'll talk about uh, Mr. Kraft's nuptials as we head into the final hour of WEEI Football Sunday.